Roll for initiative. To the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win at a role playing game is to, to have, have fun. fun. I'm Ryan, the curmudgeon, and joining me as always is Carrie, the legend. Woo-hoo! And not Jason. And not Jason. The favorite. Who is not the favorite right now? He's the absentee. He is. Although he's got good reason to be. He does have good reason. Jason has uh, is out this week. Marty was sick and he's taking care of her. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. uh... Yeah. 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 Yeah, see? His wife's sick. He's being a good <laughs> husband, see? He's going... He's going to stay home. Ah. Yeah, see? She's sick. <laughs> we love you, Marty. <laughs> Feel better. So I will give everybody just kind of a heads up because Jason's out this week. We're going to kind of do just sort of a, a goofy little show. It may be a little shorter than normal. It might be goofy for you. It may be awesome for me. It's going to it's gonna be awesome. Maybe awesome for everyone because they're going to be like, thank God those people didn't talk as much this week. That's true. That's true. It's so crazy. win-win. <laughs> Yay. All right. Well, let's talk about our Patreon. We have one. For those of you who didn't know, surprise. Surprise. Every month we have a Patreon where people can go and and agree to back and and give a little bit of money to help keep this show on the air. It pays for our hosting and our our microphones and equipments. And And sometimes it even pays for my Pepsi. And it buys us dinner. Sometimes. 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 Not a lot. (laughs) But if you you back at the wizard level or higher, you get free stuff. Mm -hmm. You can uh, get your name on our website. You can get... uh, Free postcards, mm-hmm. free art books. prints, books, a little bit of everything. And also, if you back at uh, at the wizard level, you also get a shout out here on the podcast. What? It's true. What? Yeah, we'll say, we'll we'll do things like Joel Eastland is a backer, ah! or we might say something like Ryan Martin is a backer. Ah, okay, I'm not going to yell for everyone. That's okay. annoying. All right. <laughs> Who but, else? Uh, well, I mean, Drew Stevens is we, a backer. He is. He is. Joe Hines. Joe Hines. What about mm-hmm. Noah Coltrip? Noah Coltrip? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. Yeah, he is, is he? a backer. Okay. Okay. Celine Halabi? That was pretty good, Thanks. actually. <laughs> yeah, this Jason didn't say Salim's name this week, so it might be the only week where it's said close to right. Yeah, close to right. So. <laughs> Sorry, Salim. <laughs> We've also got Ryan Galliato. Yay! And anybody else? Uh, we have our my the one that's most dear to my heart. Oh yeah, yeah. Sarah, Sarah's coming out this week. She is. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's super cool. Well, if you'd like a shout out, we'd love to give you one, and you can get one by helping us keep the show on the air by becoming a patron at Patreon.com/slash Honor Roll Podcast. Yes. When last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were sitting at this table recording a podcast. We were three, and now we're two. Oh, yeah. Maybe uh, at some point in our downtime actions, we can get a resurrection spell and oh, cast We'll it try. Everybody, Jason. everybody do that for us so we can get Jason yeah, back. that's right. Because the table feels weirdly uh, lopsided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers and experience points to you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, because experience points might actually help. Right? 
you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what have you been up to, Carrie? Oh, I've been doing a lot. You had something really cool today. Can you talk about it? I yeah. I mean, I I assume. Okay. What'd you do? I have started on a second podcast. What? I am cheating on you. Betrayer. Uh-huh. I was asked by Josh Heath to uh, co-host his podcast with him. Oh, nice. Yeah. Josh is a good friend of the show. Yes. He, he was the guy behind HLGCon. Yes. He does high-level games, and he's written a lot of stuff for the Storyteller's Vault. Mm-hmm. He asked me to be part of Werewolf the Podcast. Ah, and the podcast is where we review all of the werewolf books one at a time. That's very cool. Yeah. So today, today I did. I helped do the Bastet book. And this this is second ed still. Uh huh. Right? So There's a not, lot left. Not to revised. No. Okay, so you've got like 900 books left. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Did you have a good time? I did actually. I had a really nice time. I've listened it was very to, fun. I've listened to the podcast be, to his to that podcast, mm-hmm. and every time I've thought, man, this would be good if Carrie was on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not go that far, but hopefully it's good with yeah. me on it. Well, I, you know, uh, Josh, I uh, just want to give a shout out to you and, and say, uh, you know, sorry you've got to edit her so much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, I'm sure it'll be awesome. I look forward to hearing, hearing it. It'll be cool. Yeah. So, so that, was, that was super fun. Yeah. And I've been doing lots of art. Very cool. I just finished a postcard for my, a hand-drawn postcard on my Twitch channel. For, for the Jared Powers. For the Jared Powers, who is also a friend of the show. Mm-hmm. And so that was really neat. And then this past weekend, I got to LARP. Very cool. What game mm-hmm. did you get to play? Uh, it was Vampire. Ooh. And we, the Masquerade. Masquerade. E? No, Masquerade. Masquerade. Oh, no. I think I think maybe my next character is going to be a, a baby neonate, and we'll say it like that. That'll be, <laughs> be great. Everyone will love her. No, um, I play I play a, a cute little Nosferatu. A Nosferatu. Nosferatu. And it was very neat, though, because I got to have some moments that you don't get to see in LARP very much anymore, where I got to have my character confront the loss of humanity. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. And it was really cool. And I I got to, Kevin was in the scene with me. And um, really, the sad thing is that uh, scenes like that, where you get to confront your loss of humanity, they don't happen at LARP anymore. Now they happen uh, at political conventions. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, now I'm depressed. Okay, what did you do? Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> well, uh, Jason came over, and he and I ran a uh, a fast, quick, and dirty playtest session of the gun belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were actually testing mechanics, so we didn't run a game. What we did was he and I sat down for a few hours, and uh, we just built a bunch of characters. Mm-hmm. And then we rolled a bunch of dice against one another. And then we rolled a bunch of dice with with those characters against some stock NPCs just mm. to to sort of see how everything worked. Uh, we also tested uh, the chase mechanics by just running. Gosh, we probably ran uh, twenty chases with with different combinations of the characters that we had just to oh, see that's how, cool. how the dice came out. So it was uh, it was actually really good. Uh, it confirmed a few things worked really, really well. Did the chase mechanics work? Uh, the chase mechanics required a little tweaking, but okay. was easy to tweak when you were when we were using them and and seeing it adjust right. as we made the tweaks. So that's very cool. Uh, yeah, so it was it was nice, and uh, I, 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 it's a good lesson 
a good lesson in game development to mm-hmm. uh, to know that you don't always have you know a playtest doesn't always have to be I run a story for people right yeah it could just be crunching numbers yeah but. yeah so it was good it was all good. right awesome. uh, outside of that just everybody's getting ready for Cleveland Geekster September twenty first right, September twenty first yeah uh, you can go to facebook.com slash Cleveland Geekster to to see more about that if you want if you're in the Cleveland Tennessee area. Uh, yeah. But it's a big comic book toy and memorabilia show that I run, and it's cool. It is cool. Yeah. It is, and I'll have a table there, too. Let's go to Combat Rounds. Yeah. All right. Welcome to Combat Rounds. So, first of all, it is starting to storm outside, yes. so it's getting thundery. So if you hear anything outside, it is just God's wrath against this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. So uh, today on the Honor Roll Podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, troll hunting. What? Yeah, it's true. You know, the best way to kill a troll is to take away their internet. Oh, I thought it was to break their bridge, but we could do internet as well. Yeah. We're going to just kind of just briefly talk about the six big no-nos that you can't discuss online about role-playing games. We're sure there are more. We just We just pulled the six big ones that jumped out at us. Yeah, and you know what? If you could think of another one, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, please. But uh, basically, these are the six things that if you post anything at all, even remotely brushing up against these topics... In an online forum, group, Mm -hmm. you know, subreddit, wherever you post this stuff, it will always end in some sort of ridiculous trolling flame war of of dumpster fire-ness. So so we're going to just talk about them and we're going to actually try... Uh, I want to tell people right away that we're going to let folks know what our opinion is on these. Yeah. But we're also going to actually try very hard to explore the wrong side. <laughs> I'm going to try. Right? I don't know if I can, but I'll so, try. And, and I say this only because if, if, we, if we talk about something in a way that maybe you... Uh, disagree with strongly, it is probably likely that we disagree strongly with it as yeah. well. So, And we'll tell you. Yeah, we're, we're going to be a little bit, uh, not quite devil's advocating, mm-hmm. but uh, we're going to be looking at, at these things from all sides. So let's go ahead and talk about blackface. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're just jumping in, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. The reason I put blackface at LARP as as the very first one is because we've broached it before. Yeah, we have. And so I figured of all of these, this will be the one that we discussed the least. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So let's just kind of air it. So the truth of the matter is uh, if you talk about it or share, share photos from your LARP of people in blackface because they're dressed as drow or they're dressed as some other sort of fantasy race mm-hmm. that has you know, black or dark, 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 dark skin color, um, it will erupt in craziness. And it should. That's my opinion. Well, so the first, let's just say very clearly that, and Jason shares this opinion too. If you've listened to this show, you know this. Uh, Our opinion is that blackface at LARP is wrong. 
Yeah. Bla- well, blackface black is wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's no qualifier even, on Even that. if you do it at home, yeah. don't do it. So, Just don't. Sometimes when I'm alone at No. <laughs> God. <laughs> Obviously, we think that blackface is yeah. racist. Yeah. Black, you know, blackface is a throwback to, you know, very racist times and mm-hmm. uh, very racist circumstances involving film and theater. Uh, and so... You know, it, it just it is not a practice that needs resurrected. No, no absolutely um, not. And but that said, let's explore the argument for a moment. Okay, I'm going to try. I know. I, all right. Whew. All right. So again, don't agree with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was as much a statement <laughs> as an instruction. <laughs> Obviously, people feel like blackface at LARP is racist because it's racist. Mm-hmm. People feel like blackface at LARP is not racist because you are not portraying a black person. Mm-hmm. You you are or an African American person or a person of color. Right. You are portraying a drow, which is gonna, not real. We're going to use drow as the example because yeah, it's yeah. the one everyone knows. Drow is an uh, is an underground elf with black skin. Right. Uh, in some editions, I think it may be like super super dark purple, like they, a purple that's so dark. They're moving it. Towards purple, yeah. Um, I, I believe because of a lot of these issues. Good, good. Yeah, there are a lot of LARPs that have these kinds of of races in them because mm-hmm. uh, the the drow archetype is is exists in many fantasy settings. Yes, and when people you know LARP that race, they are are painting their their skin black. Yeah, and the argument is. It's not racist because there's no such thing as a drow. It's yeah. not a white person putting makeup on to pretend to be a black person. It is someone putting makeup on to pretend to be an elf. A, an elf. Yeah. And since elves don't exist, this can't be racist. Yeah, but it is. Right. It is kind of, you know, the, they would they would argue that, uh, you know, people still... People still go to Star Trek conventions dressed like Ferengi, and guess what? Ferengi is just a Jewish racial stereotype. Why is that okay? Well, you're not changing your skin color. You're not... It's a racial stereotype. It it is. It is. Um, Sometimes these arguments are tough. Yeah, no, they are. That's why they exist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think... I, I will say this. I think that... I think Ferengi, while it may have started in a stereotype, I think it has, through the episodes of Star Trek that I've seen anyway, and I've seen most of them, um, you know, it has grown into something else. Right. Which, you know, I don't know if that makes it okay then. (laughs) Right. You know, like if, if it's, if it was racist and now isn't. Right. Is that all right? Um, Also, though, I... Part of it, too, is it's offensive if someone says it's offensive. Right. I've not seen, personally, I've not seen anyone go, Ferengi are offensive to me. Right. Well, I have seen people say people dressed as drow are offensive to me. This is Jason's, you're you're kind of touching on Jason's strong argument Mm -hmm. about it, which we we agree with 100%, which is just simply... Uh, if adjusting the color of your makeup to is, purple is going to make everyone at your LARP feel comfortable, 
Who cares? Yeah, do this it. It's such a tiny change that it doesn't matter. And to be honest, purple is way cooler. I think so, too. Um, but, yeah, so that's... Okay, I, okay. on the flip side, you know, for, oh, oh, God doesn't like blackface either. No, he does not. He does not. I understand a little bit someone going, I'm just trying to be immersed in my character. Trying to be exactly what the books say it is. Right. You know, and maybe it's the fault of whoever invented drow. But I don't think it's fault. I think fault is a strong word. Right. Because I think reading about a race of characters that have super black skin or even playing in a tabletop game, portraying someone of a different race or a different culture or even portraying an alien that has super black skin is very different than putting makeup on. Right. Um, Cause I think that that's, that's the line. Sure. I just, I think that ultimately, you know, part of being a gaming community is being sensitive to the community that is yeah. around you. And, and, if we- and the whole, not just the community around you, because if you have five or six people that all want to wear blackface, that's still wrong. Yes. You know, so you've got to think maybe, you know, it's not just the people at your table or the people at your LARP. Right. You know, because you're posting pictures online and you're making the rest of us gamers look bad. Right. So there. So there. There. (sighs) Let's talk about the next thing. Okay. Let's talk about the Mercer effect. Mercer effect. So the Mercer effect is this new, it's a hot, hot button topic, right? Here we go. Essentially Woo. what it is, is, is critical role good or bad for our hobby? <laughs> right. Uh, this just exploded across few, uh, a few yeah. Facebook lists that I'm in because of a video that one of my friends, Paco Jean, uh, shared, but, um, the, th- the, the Mercer effect is basically the idea that that people are watching Critical Role as their first exposure to and gaming. And they're expecting all gaming to be like that. So they show up at your table and they say, well, you didn't run this like Critical Role runs it. <laughs> and so it becomes this thing like, is Critical Role bad for gaming? You know, mm-hmm. is Or is it good for gaming? So my personal opinion is that Critical Role ultimately is good for gaming mm-hmm. because it has introduced the hobby to so many more people. Yeah. It has made the hobby mainstream. Yeah, uh, It has brought... Many, many, many marginalized groups and players into the hobby. Yeah, uh, and um, I mean, you know, it's it's so mainstream. It, it made millions of dollars on a Kickstarter to become a cartoon. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a big deal. Uh, I just read today that there's a new a new Dungeons and Dragons book coming out that actually is going to have Joe Manganiello's character from Critical Role. In the book as an NPC. Okay. So they're now kind of in a roundabout way officially canon. Yeah. Right? So it's a it's a big deal. And those anything, you know, it was hard to be a geek when we were younger. Yeah. And anything that makes uh, my daughter not have to go through that mm-hmm. should she decide she loves gaming as much as we do. It and should, she does. It does, yeah, she is going uh, that way. Is good thing. It's a good it's good for the for the hobby. Um, I think that what's bad for the hobby is that I wish that Critical Role or even Matt Mercer would acknowledge a little better that... Uh, the production? Th- yeah, that what they do is a staged game. 
Yeah. It, it may not be scripted, but it is very much staged. Yeah. He has a writing staff that helps him craft and build that world and craft and build that story every week. Mm-hmm. Um, he ha- the, the voice actors are all being paid to not break the game. Yeah. <laughs> right? We've all had a player break a game. Uh-huh. You know, but, but they are actively, they know and are being paid to actively work to make sure that whatever happens in the game, it is the best entertainment they can give. Well, I mean, you said it right there. The voice actors. Right? You know, they are actors. They are, you know, they're not 12-year-old boys in their mom's basement. Right. I always joke that, you know, it's... uh it's critical role is kind of like what porn is to sex. Yeah. You know, like (laughs) you watch it and you go, Oh, that's pretty awesome. I want to do that. that. And then you do that. And it's like, I was nothing like that. (laughs) Where does my leg go? Right. Um, And so, you know, it doesn't make, and it it doesn't make porn bad. It's just, it just means that, that we as players Mm -hmm. and as watchers of critical role, need to understand that uh, that what we are watching, we need to adjust our expectations. Yeah. And I feel like the one thing that Critical Role fails to do is to really express that on their show. This idea that mm-hmm. what you are watching is not what you will get Friday night. Yeah. You know, this is as good as it, I almost want to say it's as good as it gets. But I hate to say <laughs> that because I know there are people whose games are better. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Cuz cuz there are people whose games are better. Not not because I think Critical Role is bad or anything like that, but I I think that people that get all worked up and and say like this is hurting our game, you know, like this is hurting our society, need to realize that there have always been good representations of gaming out there too. Right. I mean, uh what was the Felicia Day? Right. The what was that called? The Guild? The Guild. Right, but like, that was uh, video gaming. It's still gaming, though. Right. You know, it, it, we have to realize that all of these games are relatively the same. Gamers are relatively the same. Right, right. Um, you know, or even look at, like, Stranger Things. You know, right. minus all the real monsters. Yeah. You know, like, the boys were playing D&D, and it's... I don't know, like, I, I get going, you know, getting your expectations up. Right. You know, and, and but, like, that's with anything. And, like you said, you know, porn to sex or, right. you know, going to a live concert versus listening to a CD. Sure. You know, any of that stuff, it's just different. Right. I would actually even say that, that the problem with Critical Role is that there is not other Critical Role shows. Yeah. And, and by that, I know that everyone's going to say, you know, but everyone and their brother is producing a live play or an actual yeah. play or whatever. But they're not um, critical. But role. you know what that is? That's amateur porn. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? So, I mean, it Which has Which is own, closer to real. Right. But it, it has its own, it has its own place. It's mm-hmm. a thing. But the, but when we talk about like, what are, what is the, if you wanted to watch a professional production of... Dungeons and Dragons to see it's what it's like. The only, the only one. one you're watching is Critical Role. Yeah, and so and and one of the problems with Critical Role is that it has become so large that it has saturated that, and there it's almost a monopoly. Yeah. There will no. never be 
another. I, I say that never. I don't mean to yeah, speak yeah. in absolutes, but there it will be. Inc- that sounds like a challenge. Incredibly difficult for there to ever be uh, the same thing as crit- another Critical Role, a different yeah. show. Well, it would have to be a different genre. It would have to be. Right. And then you get into things like what Jason Carl's running with Vampire the Masquerade, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Fifth Ed and stuff like that. But but again, that's not Dungeons Critical and Dragons. Role. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I mean, I think ultimately it's good for the hobby, though, just because you can't you yeah. cannot talk about how Dungeons and Dragons has, uh, you know, the last four years have been the most, you know, every year they've broken sales records f- for the, you know, every year they've ever yeah. existed. Um, and that is very much tied to new players coming in because of Critical Role. Mm-hmm. And, and so for us to think that Critical Role is, is ultimately bad for no. our hobby is insane. No. Any, any, at this point, any expo- exposure that isn't demon worship, <laughs> you know, is pretty right. good. The last time we had this kind of press, it was the <laughs> Satanic Panic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I do think, though, like anything, uh, you know, there, there may be a point where this does start to shift. Mm-hmm. But but I don't think we're not we're there, there yet. yet. We're not there yet. No. I would like to say every time someone talks about him, Mercier, I keep thinking of the apple orchard near us. And then I'm like, oh, I want apples. Oh, the, the orchard's Mercier and his name's Matt Mercer. And yeah. And so, but I, I, I keep thinking, oh, apple. Oh, no. Right. Critical role. Never mind. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. all of the, can, I, can I add one more thought on this, though? Sure. I don't like critical role. And here's why. It's because I don't like actual plays. Yeah, I know you don't. I listen to actual plays, and all it does is make me want to actually play. Yeah, so it does <laughs> what it's supposed to do, but like a part of it though is you know how to play. Yeah, no, you know, I, actual I agree. actual plays are for people that don't. Well, that's I don't know that that's I, true. I think originally they were. I maybe, but people I know lots of people who absolutely love all of, all actual. They listen to actual plays all day long. And it's just not for me. Yeah. But uh, but I, I think they're, you know, they're a good thing. Yeah. You know. It, you know what? They're not hurting. I don't believe they're hurting our not hobby. And they make people happy. That's right. So, hey. So, hey, you guys keep making that amateur porn. There you go. Let's talk about the next one. <laughs> Jason's going to listen to this and is going to be like, what did you guys do? With Everyone else is going to listen to this and be like, that was the best show oh, you've ever done. Oh. No, they're not. <laughs> All right, next, next, uh, troll hunting. <laughs> Pay for, paying for XP. Hmm. All right, paying for XP tends to be, uh, paying for XP tends to happen most in two different places. It happens in LARPs. Yeah. And it happens in organized tabletop community. Is it organized play? think so like adventure league yeah or, i don't know that adventure league does pay for play but uh where there are lots of people all playing in the same sort of chronicle across the country at their own tables okay um, but and but all the they're all connected right but essentially the idea is that uh you get to make a new character when you show up mm-hmm. and you start with you know the normal amount of starting experience points. okay but if i pay an extra 20 dollars, i can have more xp Mm. And if I give you $40, I can have even more. Okay. Right? And what is the advantage to the table for that? Is like, is that for people to be able to catch up to other people? 
Well, some of okay. So the it's a twofold advantage. Okay. On one side, it's an advantage because that money's going somewhere. Typically, it's going towards the costs of organizing the play, or it's right. going towards if it's a LARP, it's going towards helping the rental right, right. fees, things like that. So the money, you know, the, the money, money is needed advances the production of the game. Right. All right. Uh, and as a player. It enables you to just start with a more powerful character and okay. all of the advantages that that comes with. And sometimes that means that you're just catching up to other people, and sometimes that means you're above other people. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Now, pay for, paying for XP isn't always cash for XP. Okay. Sometimes it's a little more, uh, more. Me- I don't know, metaphorical is not quite not the right word. Sometimes it's a. Sometimes it's more like, uh, like okay, Mind's Eye Society. Mm-hmm. They do a thing where they have uh, you could do um, you could do volunteer work, and they volu- they reward volunteer work with uh, prestige okay. points, yeah, which which are like out of character points that uh, yeah yeah, but they translate to it helps eventually you. it translates to allowing you to have better characters or rare and unusual characters or right. access access to things that other people can't. Um, at one point, I think you could cash in like so many, you know, if you had 200 uh, prestige. prestige points, you could get like 10 XP or something. You know, I don't, yeah, know, yeah. I don't know that that's still the case. I'm not in MES. I don't I, I don't profess to know that much about it. But what I'm saying is just simply it's not always cash. Right. Sometimes okay. it's bring me Twizzlers and I'll give you XP. I was just going to say, like, <laughs> I've ran games that had that in it. Right. Now... My what I would do is I'd go like when we were having a food drive. Hey, for every ten cans of you know ten cans of food you bring in, you get an XP. Right. Um. You know, and you can't go over X amount. We used to do that know. in the Guru Nation a lot. Yes. Yes, we did. Now the Guru Nation though had a they had a monthly cap. Yes. And so you could never go over the monthly cap. Hmm. But you could bring in canned goods to help you reach that cap. Right. Or also, we sometimes would, you know, hey, you brought in snacks for everybody. Right. So have an XP for uh, making the game better for everyone. Exactly. But it was still governed by an organizational policy that you couldn't go over so many per month. Yeah. But sometimes in some orgs, that, that limit was harder to reach than others. Right. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm real kind of on the fence about yeah. pay-for-play. Because you know what? Part of me is like, you know what? If it's going to make this person have more fun, whatever. Right. You know? And then there's also part of me that goes, and whoever's the game runner just needs to be aware, like, if someone is abusing that. Right. I actually am in favor of pay-for-play pay mm-hmm. XP. That's because you want more Twizzlers. In moderation. Yeah. So what I like is the idea where, like, for example, back in TGN, mm-hmm. okay, so your cap was 10. Unless you were traveling to other games, you could not get to 10. Right. But if you brought a bunch of canned goods during the food drive, you could yeah. that month. You right? know, or if you made sure that everybody, you know, hey, I brought a new player. Right. You know, I like, get an XP for that. I, I, sh- I shouldn't be able to hand you a $100 bill and get a 1,000 experience points. Right. Right? But I, I don't see a problem with me giving you $10 and getting an extra point or two. You know, Especially if you know, like, the game needs it. Right. Right. You know, because a lot of times these storytellers are paying for uh, the site if it's a LARP or, you know, a lot of times your tabletop 
ends up paying for the pizza. Your, right. your storyteller is or, paying or for Or the storyteller had to buy minis. Yeah. Had to buy or, miniatures. Or the storyteller has to pay for the electricity that you're using right. and the rent of the place you're at. You know, like, we, we forget that all of these things cost money. It is very expensive to run a game. It can be, yeah. Yeah. We, there, we ran for years a LARP where every mm-hmm. month we lost money. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. But, uh, so, it, I feel like paying for XP, as long as... It is not an unfathomable amount. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with it um, because I think that it does good. It does good. It helps the game. Uh, but and I also, um, I also think that if if you are moderating that number, it never creates, you know, a gap. It, you, you make sure that that number is low enough that you don't inevitably end up with a purchased power creep. Yeah. You know, like when I say I'm in favor of it, I'm talking about just a few XP. Yeah. I'm not talking about thousands. I I will say that I do understand the other side of it, though. This Mm -hmm. is one of those arguments I get. Because you know what? There are times where I wouldn't have... I I wasn't able to bring in canned food. Right. To be able to get extra XP. You know, I wasn't able to travel to other games, even. Yeah. You know... It's the accessibility argument. Right, yeah. So, like, I understand. I don't side with it, but I do empathize with it. Yes. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. I also don't think that any of these topics are things that people should be, like, raving at other people about, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe blackface. Because <laughs> right. that's, that's, that's just wrong. But. <clears throat> All right, well, the next one is connected to paid for, pay for XP a little bit. Ooh. And it's paying for Dungeon Masters. <laughs> paying your storyteller. <laughs> uh, people getting paid to run games is a... Violent source of vitriol. It's so bizarre to me. It's okay. I am in favor of it. Mm-hmm. I my personal opinion is this: you, you gamers, you should not have to pay your friend to run your local table. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a friend who can run the game or will run the game. Mm-hmm. I think you should and can should pay a stranger to DM for you if they are good. There. Yeah. It's like it's about I, supply and demand. There are a yeah. lot of gaming groups that just don't have anyone in it who is capable to run okay. or willing. So the way I look at it is I look at it as an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, when someone comes up and goes, oh, you could draw my character for me. Well, I could, but <laughs> I've got other things to do. To draw. Other things to, to other draw. Other things to draw. And you know what? Some of these storytellers, these DMs, maybe they want to be running for their friends. Right. But if you, you know, whatever the, the pay is, pay the amount. You know, if it's, a jo- if it's a creative job, it's a creative job. Right. Good for them. If they could, you know, like, and if you don't want to pay... To play in their game, then don't. A lot of people, the the argument okay. against this tends to be that it is bad for the hobby. It, like anything, it's bad for the hobby. If I don't agree with you, it's on. Un- you're on American. Yeah. If, <laughs> if I don't agree, if, if I don't agree with you, it's bad for the hobby. Okay. Uh, paying 
professional dungeon mastering, because that's ultimately really what this is, right? Pro- mm. Professional dungeon mastering is bad for the hobby because it is going to create an expectation that if you are running a game, you should get paid for it. And so that means on Friday night, if Carrie runs a game for me and Jason and a couple of our friends, no mm. matter what, I have to pay you to do it. Mm. That is what people believe. My response to that is if the world gets to the point where your friend charges, <laughs> charges you to hang out and, and run a game for them. And I'm not talking about I'm talking about table topping because I think LARP is a completely well, different beast. Yeah, because you have to there, there's actual big costs. There's actual LARP. site fees and things. But, yeah. you know, if, if you have a friend who won't run for you unless you pay him, the problem's not professional dungeon. It's master. your friend. It's that your friend's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just, I don't have a problem with it. I think that, you know, these things are, are only worth what you're willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And if you have a friend who will run for you and you are not willing to pay him and he is not wanting to, to and he's wanting to do it for free because he's your friend, Awesome. If you have a group of five people that meet every Friday night at your house and the guy who ran the game just moved to Wisconsin and mm-hmm. you have nobody to, to run for you guys, you know, maybe it's worth you all to pitch in 10 bucks for that night. It's cheaper than a movie. Yeah, it is. Right? And it lasts five hours. Yep. Right? So, I, you know, I just I think it's it's a silly thing to get so uptight about. Um, it's for me, going back to the, the porn analogy. Right. Is porn bad for sex? Well, I think in this case we're saying we're saying is prostitution bad for sex? Okay, but <laughs> but, but but no, but it's still a great analogy. Right. If you can go have sex for free, great, go have sex for free. But if you can't and you're in a place where it is legal, the legalities are different, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If there is no one for you to have sex with or no one that is willing to have sex with you, mm-hmm. and the only way for you to have sex is to pay for it, then pay for it. It's only worth it's it's supply and demand. It's only worth what what yeah. it, it's worth. It's only worth what you're willing to pay for it. You know, and I, I just I think it's a silly thing for people. I wonder if maybe people getting uptight about it is based in the fact that they're just jealous. Absolutely. That, that there is no doubt in my mind because usually in that argument it ends with you. Know, I could do that. Or they say. I've been running my game for 25 years. Ain't nobody ever paid me. Yeah, well, then maybe you should. Here's a picture of us in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I think people, that one, yeah, it's dumb. I say if you get paid for storytelling. Good for you. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. <laughs> American LARP versus Nordic LARP. Uh, next. <laughs> Yeah. This one is really big right now as well. But um, the ironic thing about this argument is it is almost always, this beast is almost always poked by someone from Europe. Yeah. Strangely enough, it's always someone from Europe going, well, American LARP really isn't as, as immersive or good as the LARP we play here. Yeah. You know, or, or the other one that's really big is, well, Americans are so sensitive about those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Well, and I mean, yes. Probably. But, Maybe the but, answer is yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. This, this is always a silly thing for me because I'm like, who cares? Like, 
My my dad could beat up your it's dad. Totally well, you know what? Guess what? Guess what? Your dads aren't going to fight, so don't worry about it. Right? Play whatever LARPs by you and have fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and if you're lucky enough to be able to go do both, great. Go do both. And then it's dived even further by then the American people start going, well, American LARP is – that's – that's a systemic toxic thing to say because there because there's no such thing as American LARP. There's so many different types of LARPs in America. Uh, you, can't, yeah. you can't just qualify them all together. Well, you know what? It's a thematic qualification. Yeah. So you it is can. not. It's yeah. I, the whole thing, that whole all of that argument is dumb. Everybody just shut up and have stop. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is no right side to that. Right. Like because because just shut up and LARP. Go back to bashing people's kits and costumes. <laughs> Except the no. no the LARP, the black faced ones you can yeah black faced but yeah. Ever, ever, mm, <laughs> mm. I just I I think that it's unfortunate because you know there are some things that I think there are things that American LARP does better than than Nordic LARP if yep. we're gonna just generalize and use those terms in yeah the, yeah in the traditional you know disagreeable way yeah uh, I and I think there are things Nordic LARP does better than American oh, absolutely LARP. yeah and so why can't we just all come together and figure it out. We should have World LARP. Right? Yeah. That's my next book. World oh, no. LARP. World LARP. That's World just LARP. called Life. The Apocalypse. <sighs> well, speaking of arguing what's better than Let's others. Let's do it. Let's do it. The last thing on this list mm-hmm. is Edition Wars. Edition Wars is basically when somebody says, third edition of Dungeons and Dragons is better than fifth edition. Fight me. Yeah. <laughs> they always say fight me, too. Fight me. They always say fight me, and it's like, n- no. And let me just say real quick, everyone thinks that Edition Wars is pretty much tied to Dungeons & Dragons, but it's not. Mm-mm. There are people who, uh, when 2nd Ed revised Vampire, <laughs> and, and when 2nd Ed revised World of Darkness yeah. came to an end, and White Wolf released the new world of darkness, which mm-hmm. is now called Chronicles of Darkness. Yeah. Right. Whether you want to, whether they acknowledge it, whether they acknowledge it or not, at the time, that was essentially like they had pressed a recess reset button. Yeah. And, and it was kind of a third edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we're getting philosophical because, you know, since then, I don't think you would say it's a third edition of it now. But at the time. Yeah. At the time, it was essentially well, the same Well, at the time, thing. it was the next thing. So it, it was the it next was this, edition. Yeah, like yeah. Fourth, Dungeons & Dragons 4th edition versus Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. I mean, it was like they took it apart, broke it, and rebuilt it from the ground up. Yeah. And that was kind of what, what White Wolf did when they mm-hmm. came out with Vampire the Requiem. And people, man, people flipped out. One was better than the other. Yeah. And, and it went both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they do it now. Is Laws of the Night better than By Night Studios LARP rules? Yeah. You know, so it even happens in LARP. It's happening right now in Dystopia Rising. Yeah. Everyone is arguing about the the additions and what the changes and what's I don't even that. really follow that stuff, and I get enough of that going across my newsfeed to know. Right. And I will admit, I get into a little bit of addition wars with uh, By Night Studios rules versus yeah. Laws of the Night rules or yeah. Laws of the Wild rules or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think you do too. Um, and that's because, you know what, that's because we love our hobby and we so we are passionate about the things that we love. Yeah. I actually just said that to... Uh, to Josh? To Josh today on the podcast. I was like, you tear apart the things you love to find the good and the bad in them. Right. 
you know, so, and it's okay. It's okay to have an edition you like better than the other edition. Um, and it's even okay to have a, a nice conversation about it. Right. It's not okay to look at someone and go, your opinion's crap. Fight me. Fight me. You know, right. no, it's a game. I remember no. I, I learned Dungeons and Dragons playing advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, uh, you know, more or less, that's like second edition. Um, yep. And uh, I remember when it went to third edition. Uh, the guy who ran our game, he had, I mean, no joke, he had probably every single book that was ever published for uh-huh. AD&D. Um, bookshelves and bookshelves of, of everything, every box set, every book. And when Third Egg came out, he like looked at an online pirated PDF uh, for like, and this was back in the you know, Napster days or whatever, yeah, yeah. so it was pretty easy to kind of do that thing. I mean, it's still, I guess, easy, but... Uh, we didn't really understand that piracy was bad in the Napster days, right? Yeah, not as, not as clear. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and he, he looked at it for like one evening and decided, well, that's garbage. I'm not, you know, I'm not, and was just a, an adamant douchebag about it. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. Would not, uh, wouldn't even discuss it. Wouldn't even discuss third edition uh, because he was so disgusted by it. Refused to get rid of any of his books or to mm-hmm. switch or any of that stuff. Uh, and... And I get it. Like, I get it. My bookcases well, are still filled with with Werewolf the Apocalypse yeah, Second Ed Revised. It, it it's disheartening when you feel like you've supported this line and you've given them all your money and you 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 wear the T-shirt. Yeah, there's you, no no doubt. He looked at his bookcases and said, "I've got ten thousand dollars in that bookcase." Right. What the crap? Now I'm supposed to just McKay it for eighty bucks? <laughs> McKay's McKay's is our used bookstore. Um, yeah, so like I understand that I do, but there are reasons that new additions happen. Right. You know, maybe the new reason is wow, having the drow have black skin is kind of racist. Yeah. And it's upsetting people. Let's change it to purple. Right. You know. Like, I, I think that. So here, I'm going to waffle for a second. Waffle, waffle, All right. waffle, waffle. I think that. I actually think that edition wars are bad and good okay. for our hobby. Let me start by saying overall, anything that it escalates to the point of being a war is is bad, <laughs> right? So let me just say right out the gate that like when edition wars become dumpster fire troll wars, I think everybody everybody loses. needs to just shut up and go home. Everybody it's just loses. Stupid, right? I'll make you all roll thaco. I'll but show you. Here's why. So edition wars, I think, are bad because for whatever reason, we view people who like the other editions as evil. <laughs> right, and it's like what? Just because yeah. I like A D and D, right? Yeah, you no. know, you you like Vampire the Requiem. <laughs> I I like Vampire the the masquerade, masquerade, masquerade. <laughs> you know, <laughs> New World of Darkness is kind of like path, the Pathfinder of yeah. World of Darkness. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, it was like they instead of making uh, uh, switching to fourth edition, they just spun it off into a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. But um, I think I think it's bad for the hobby in that uh, it makes us all just not get along. And mm-hmm. that's and that's stupid. But I actually think edition wars are good for the hobby as well because it gives us new things and it gives us better things. Yeah. And and here's an example. Whether you like again this is all discussion based on the idea of, you know, 
I don't care which of these things you like best or don't like. Right. Okay. But whether you like Pathfinder or 5th edition D&D, the fact that 3.5 turned into Pathfinder and Pathfinder is now, I mean, pretty much like the second most popular role-playing game out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that that's exactly true, but it's it's pretty high up there. Pathfinder is numbers. Um, <clears throat> you know that really. And by the way, Pathfinder is in the middle of an edition war now with oh, Pathfinder Second Edition. Oh no! Uh, but the fact that Pathfinder exists and is so popular is clearly a good thing for our hobby. Mm-hmm. More people are playing more games. Yeah. And so, the fact that somebody liked or disliked something spawned this other something. Uh, I think that when you look at, for example, 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons, 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons is kind of like this throwaway edition. So they made 3.0, they improved it and broke it a little with 3.5, and then the parts that worked were were taken and became Pathfinder, and and then they made 4th ed. But 4th edition really broke the game in ways that enabled them to make fifth edition, right. which most people who play it agree that it's one of the it's the best that right. that has ever come from Dungeons and Dragons, um, and so those things these edition wars are good because they are part of the cycle of seeing what is right and what is wrong and creating feedback that developers of games can hear and see and watch play out. In their online forums or, the you know, in emails or wherever it is. Especially nowadays. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it enables edition wars when they are calm and mm-hmm. intelligent mm-hmm. and they are discussions and not wars, uh, they they result in better product. No, absolutely. I agree. Um, also, I'd like to point out my very first uh, game runner, Jesse. He ran this weird D&D game, like all the, you know, like where he had pulled rules from like the first D&D. Right. And then advanced D&D. And, you know, like, so we had Thacko and we had all these other like wacky things that I was like, where is this even in the book? And he's like, oh, this is from Shadowrun. And I was like, wait, what? You know, it, but it worked because he found what worked for him. Right. And, and so not only are Edition Wars good for making a better end result book for the next edition. Also, you can pick and choose. House rules are a House, thing. Yeah, they are a thing. And they're a thing because there are Jessies out there. Right. And you know what? If your players are having fun, make a Frankenstein monster. Who cares? You know who else has house rules? Who? Critical Role. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But if you don't use the critical role house rules, then your new players are going to be like, what the heck, man? Mm-hmm. This isn't how Matt runs it. Well, like, he's know. their friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, you know, one of the big responses now is, is I will run a, I will run this game like, like Matt Mercer runs it. Mm-hmm. If you'll play it like those guys play it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's also something that a lot of players always also forget that a production like that isn't just on Matt. Right. Like, you know, are you, are you going to do an accent the whole time? Yeah. Are you going to stay in character the whole time? <laughs> if so, quit eating your Doritos. Oh. And pass them here. Which which flavor of Doritos is the best? The Dorito edition, Warren. Mm. That's what we need. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Cool Ranch, but... <laughs> I don't know. You like those buffalo ones. I do like the buffalo ones, but I think if I, w- like, if I had to choose, like, you can only have... 
one flavor of Dorito for the rest of your life, it would be Cool Ranch. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. We just did some troll hunting. Woo! Send me Cool Ranch. Dorito. I hope. I hope our listeners still like us. <laughs> All right. Let's go to Let's go to Game Wrap. All right. Welcome to Game Wrap. Can I just say that my favorite part of, of this whole episode was when I said that Vampire the Requiem is to Vampire the Masquerade as Pathfinder is to Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> you know, someone is going to be twitching when you say that, when they, re- when they hear that. And there's somebody else who's going to go, Yeah. That was the greatest analogy ever made in gaming. Ever. I'm writing a blog about it. Wow. <laughs> if, we get, if we get mentioned in a blog, you guys have to tag us. Right. All right. Well, listen, if you like the show, you can find us online as well at honorrollpodcast.com. Of course, you should go to iTunes mm-hmm. and subs- subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating. Please. Uh, if you didn't think we were worth five stars, then, you know, we're not worth going to iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're on Stitcher or anywhere else that you find you find your podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at On A Roll Podcast. And you can go to facebook.com slash group slash On A Roll Podcast as well as send us an email at hosts... At honorrollpodcast.com. And lastly, you can go to patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast and you can become a patron of the show, get a shout out, get a postcard, get a book, uh, get a... Get a special place in our hearts. We can roast your character on the show. We can. Those are always very fun. We do lots of fun things. So, there you go. That's the end. It's the end. That's right. I have, uh, I have, you know, some XP to give out. You do? I do. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Are you going to do it? <laughs> well, I was waiting to see if you were going to pay me for it. Oh, um, I will later. Okay. Oh. Carrie gets 100 XP. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason gets none. Oh! Uh, however, his wife, Marty, gets 1,000 experience points. <gasps> Marty! Because our thoughts, prayer, and XP go out to her. That is true. Hope you feel better, Marty, and that you get home and soon. And we love you. Yeah. Uh, there you go. All right. Wonderful. All right, join. Well, that was big thunder. It was. All right, join us next week when our topic is the Uctena book. <laughs> Wait, what was that look for? Is that is that the next episode of Josh Heath's Werewolf the Apocalypse podcast? You're a jerk. <laughs> Remember, uh, until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm the curmudgeon. Carrie's the favorite. Jason's not here. Uh, and remember that the only way to win a role playing game is to, to have, have fun. fun. Thank you.